I feel like I'm having to like yell at them to get it out. And it may be just because this ear is stopped up. It could be that. No? Yes? No? Yes? I'm not getting anything here. Nobody? All right. Can you hear me? Am I good? What's up, Matt? You hear me, bro? You hear me now? Hear me now? Now. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Paul told me yesterday, he said, you know, be prepared to do everything because I don't know if I'm going to be there or not. I'm like, okay. And so I was like, all right, Lord, what you want to do for this? What you want to do for that? What you want to do for this? What you want to do for that? And all of a sudden, the Lord said, just do one thing, and I'll make it fit wherever it needs to fit. So what I've got here today was prepared for everything, uh, but it, uh, he, the Lord's going to make it fit. See, he requires just as much faith out of us that do this as he does for, for us to believe God for our, our house note or car or healing or whatever. It's just as much faith. You, you know, you, you have to, you know, most people, you know, I, I do know folks and I'm not throwing stones. I mean, people will write out an entire message what they want to say, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but inevitably they always say, you know, I had it all written out, but I said something different. I said something else. Why? Because because he requires, what's up, Justin? How you doing, man? It's good to see you. Boy, I thought you was going to come up here and get prayed for. You were stomping up here like you finna get saved. One day? All right, cool. I was like, man, we finna have a baptism. Watch this. This boy for real. Anyway, so... You know, they inevitably get off of their subject, what they have written out, and they start doing things away from that. And that's because without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't get to a pleasing state with God without having faith. It just don't work without it. You know, it's kind of like the gas in the, in the lawnmower. You know, it doesn't work without it. You know, it just doesn't take, take place. You know, it's, it, 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 it's required it's not an option. And so, therefore, you know, he could take what, what we up here kind of think we're going to do, and he takes it and he says, no, I need you to use your faith. I need you to come with me. And we go rocking and rolling with him. And next thing you know, we're able to say what he wants to say instead of what we felt like we should say. If that makes an awful lot of sense, I hope it does. It does to me. Uh, so, so, you know, I, I come up here with the intent of saying what he wants said as opposed to what I, what I would like to say. Is that all right? Yeah. So let's believe God together. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your unfailing strength. We thank you, Father, that there are many things that you have said, and we know that, that all of them pertain to our well-being and, and to, to, to making our lives better and to, and to bringing us further into communication with you and closer in relationship with you. So, Father, right now we tender our ground, which is our hearts, and we prepare our hearts to receive that which you have said. And, Father, we thank you that you speak to us this morning. You, you give us words of wisdom. You give us words of direction. You give us a rhema word, a word that will change us immediately, Father, and show us the direction we need to go in. We thank you for it, we're prepared for it, and we purpose to walk in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Whoa, yeah, everybody good, huh? Woo! Dang. So I want everyone just momentarily, and I'm sorry for those of you that are on Facebook, sorry about this, Paul, I want everybody to look that way. That is a blue wall now, not a red wall. Just say it. I'm just saying. 
I'm just saying. Don't you like the blue better, Ginger? Blue is calming. You know, the red, the red was kind of a little strange, but it's good. It's good. Huh? You like the blue. Okay, Joseph has said the blue's good. Yep, Roger approves, so the blue's a good thing. Miss Leanne's all about it. Everybody's trying to loosen y'all up. Y'all see a little, you know, I'm, I'm going to do an icebreaker game here in a minute, you know. Everybody just seems a little, little you know, hey, rough, lot, rough night last night, huh? Yeah, Travis. Travis got toe up. Look at him. <laughs> I'm so happy I don't have to sing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so can I tell you a joke? Can I do that one? Okay, why do melons insist on having a marriage? Oh! You know why he knows that? He heard me say it before, right? You made it up? No, you didn't, Matthew Morgan. Matthew Morgan did not make up that joke. Matthew Morgan is 100% telling a fib. No, right, Matthew. All right, that's enough playing around. Let's get in the word. Let's get serious. Let's get churchy. Y'all ready? One, two, three, go. Churchy. Man, y'all are good at that, aren't you? (laughs) So uh, Michael Stanland has no idea where I'm going, so we're going to go to Luke chapter 7. And I'm going to make him do it at the last minute and that kind of thing. Luke chapter 7, this is a fantastic story, a fantastic story. Verse 1, now when he concluded all of his sayings in the hearing of the people, he entered Capernaum, which is a great place to visit. Uh, they, got like, they, got, they got some good eating there, if you want to go. And a certain centurion servant, somebody got it, who was dear to him, was sick and ready to die. So when he heard about Jesus, this is talking about the centurion, when he heard about Jesus, he sent elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servant. And when they had came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying, the one from whom we should from whom he should do this was deserving for he loves our nation and he has built synagogue built us a synagogue then jesus went with them and when he was already not far from the house the centurion sent friends to him saying to him lord do not trouble yourself for i'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof therefore i did not even think myself worthy to come to you but say the word And my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. To my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him and turned around and said to the crowd that followed him, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, no, not even in Israel. And those who were sent returning to the house found that the servant was well, who had been sick. I love this story. This is the only time, the only time that Jesus used the term great faith. He did tell a woman one time, and I think it was the woman with the issue of blood, that, that, that he didn't say that her faith was great. He just said that her faith had done a great thing, okay? He didn't, denou- or he didn't delineate the faith itself as actually being great. This is the only time that he used those terms, that term. And if you go and you read your Bible, anybody ever read their Bible? Y'all done that before? Anybody done that? Yeah, about five, six, seven of you? Yeah, a lot of you sitting there going, "Uh, am I supposed to raise my hand or not? I don't want to lie in church, but 
I did read it like one time, like it was back in 1982. It's like before Back to the Future came out, you know? Ah. Jesus himself, when he talked about faith and the types of faith, there are four, but I'm going to talk about three this morning that he actually talked about, the types of faith that he talked about. One of them he used, little faith. O ye of little faith. He would tell them that there was little faith. He also used the term, the term strong faith was used. Then the term great faith, and the last one was, y'all want to guess what that one is, the fourth one that I'm not going to talk about? No faith. None at all. Ye of little. In fact, he said that. <laughs> he said that to Peter after Peter walked on the water. He said, why don't you have any faith? You imagine that, being Peter? You walked on the water. You sunk. Jesus brought you back to the boat and said, why is it that you have no faith? I, you know, could you imagine that? Anyway, I just think it's funny. Because most Christians today are so sensitive. You know, you say something like that to them. They got to go into, uh, you know, you got to have some therapy for the next three weeks, you know. You got to call somebody. You're not going to believe what Greg said to me. Ginger, Greg's talking ugly to me. That's usually the way it happens. Still trying to loosen y'all up. Y'all ain't there yet. We're going to get there, though. Promise. We're going to get there. So he says, little faith, strong faith, and great faith. O ye of little faith is used four times in the Gospels, and he's always talking to the disciples. He's always talking to the disciples, the men that lived with him all the time. O ye of little faith. In the times that he used no faith, he was either talking about the children of Israel, the, 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 the country, the, the whole group of people, or directly to a disciple themselves. The people closest to him. This centurion comes up. Y'all know what a centurion is, right? You ever seen the, let's see, what's that movie? Uh, what we do in life echoes in eternity. What's that? Gladiator, right? Maximus. Maximus was a centurion soldier. This guy is Maximus, okay? He is Maximus Decimus Marilius that's, that's put in, I think that was his name, something like that, that was put in charge of an area, and the area was in Capernaum. He's the dude in charge of the whole place. He's from Rome. This was before Rome was a Christian nation. They were pagans. They believed in a bunch of different gods. He had zero relationship with Jehovah whatsoever, let alone his son who was sent to die for the sins of mankind. He had no relationship with Jesus at all. He had just heard about him. Just heard about him. No relationship with Jesus at all. He heard about him and knew that someone that was dear to him was dying and he wanted to do something about it. So what did he do? He sent someone to tell Jesus, hey, my servant's dying. From what I hear, this is the thought process, okay? This is not in the Bible. This is the paraphrase of Greg, okay? From what I hear, you heal people. I hear all over the place about this Jesus that healing people. My servant's sick. I, I, I need to fix this. Somebody go get this Jesus cat and bring him to the house. Y'all with me? 
So they go and they get Jesus and they find him and tell him to come. And this, these guys that go to Jesus, they try to say, hey, we want you to do this because he's such a good fella. He built some churches for us. You know, he loves the children of Israel. He loves all us. So, I mean, he's a good guy, man. He's a really good guy. You ever, you ever had that conversation with somebody before? Look, let me tell you, man, he's, he's a good guy. Now, he may not be a church guy, you know. He don't go to church. Man, he's good. They're good people, you know. Y'all been there? That's what they're doing. That's what they're saying to Jesus. Jesus Jesus standing there, what y'all want? Well, he's a good guy, Lord, okay? He's really good, and he's heard of you. He's heard of you. And he wants you to come heal his servant. So Jesus says, all right, I'll head that way. Well, Jesus is on his way there, and the centurion says, no, I don't want you coming in my house because I'm not worthy. I'm not going to get into the details of it, but the worthy was not, I'm not worthy. It wasn't that. It was like it's not right for you to come into my place because of the way that our two nations are with each other. It ain't right for you to come up in my place is what he meant. It's not fit. So what we're going to do instead is if you will just say the word only, my servant will be healed. And at that point, Jesus said, Jesus, I ain't ain't never seen his faith ever. Nowhere. And he called it great faith. The dude didn't know him. He only heard of him. Asked him to come, then said, whoa, wait a minute. You ain't supposed to come up in here anyway. Just say it. And Jesus said, said that his servant would be healed, and he was. Why? Why? In the banking world, I always want to know why. You know, Matthew, I used to work for Matthew for years, and uh, Matthew used to tell me that whenever I tried to make a loan, you know, I had to do it this way and that way, and I would say, "Well, well, Mr. Matthew, why? Why do I have to do it that way? Because I wanted to understand why he was going to fire me if I didn't do it, you know, the way he wanted it. Because he said so. Amen. Right here. Yes, sir. That's it. That's my boy back there. Anyway, I always want to know the why. I'm that kid that goes, well, Mama, why? You know, and I look at this and I go, Jesus, would you, Lord, will you please explain to me why in your word the only time I see great faith is somebody that has absolutely no, no relationship with you that just simply asked you to say the word? Why? Why, Lord? And he took me to Mary. Anybody know Mary? He took me to Mary. Which one? The mother of Jesus. Let's go to Luke chapter 1, Mike. And I want to be be in, uh, let's see, where do we want to be at? Go to verse like 32. Sounds good. So I was like, Lord, why? Will you please explain this thing to me? And Jesus has to lay, God has to lay some stuff out for me to get me straight, Okay. He's got to lay the stuff out because I'm really simple-minded. I don't understand a lot of stuff. Like, you've got to really uh, got to stop you, and you're going to have to split some hairs because you've got to make me understand. I've got to get it. So this is where he took me to. Y'all with me? You there, Mike? Of course he is. Where did I tell him to go? Oh, let's go to 32, man. Oh, keep going. Back up to 30. Yeah, that sounds good, doesn't it? No, 29. Okay, so y'all know what's happening here, right? This is the Christmas story. It's a little early, but we're going to do it anyway. Christmas story. 
angel's going to show up to Mary, okay? Here's the deal. Let's roll with it. But when she saw him, this angel popped up. She was troubled. Wait a minute. Is this where? No, go, go, go backwards a little bit more. Sorry, y'all, on Facebook. Apologize. Yeah, that's a good one. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored. When the Lord is with you, blessed are you amongst women. We're not going to pray the rosary today. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, Consider what manner of greeting this was this. Then the angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and, his, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Keep going, buddy. We're going to do all this. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I don't know a man? How is this going to work? Mary, I'm like, Mary, I'm just, what? what? You got to tell me how this is going to happen. What, what, what? Next one. And he said to her that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High or the Highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be, are we missing some of it? Yeah, Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Verse 36, now indeed Elizabeth, and 37, keep going, Bubby. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So Mary's sitting here. This angel shows up, says, hey, this thing's going to happen to you. And she's like, well, how? That don't make no sense. That ain't going to happen. So the angel goes into the detail of what's going to happen. And he says, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and overtake you. Why? Because God said it. God said this is what's going to happen, so this is what's going to happen. And you're going to call his name Jesus. And this angel is sitting there telling her what God has to say. Are you all with me on this? This is not the voice of Gabriel, and this is not the word of Gabriel. This is God speaking through his angel. Next verse, 38. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And then verse 38. And then Mary said, I love this. Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be unto me according to what? Your word. So why? Why, God? Why is this great faith? Because great faith, first of all, has to have trust. Number one, great faith has to have trust. Trust that what he said, he is also able to perform. Trust of what he said. And I know y'all are looking at me, well, I trust God. All right, I, I don't always There's times that I'm sitting there trying to figure out how everything's going to work out. There's times that I'm sitting there trying to piecemeal all of it together and, 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 and you know, start, start, oh, I've got to get a plan together, I've got to get this together, I've got to get that together. I start doing all these things, which is great, fine, and wonderful, but inside that it's almost like I cut him out of it because I've got to do it. Trust God. You know, um, 
I'll talk about Matthew again. No, I'll talk about Joel this time. Joel and I and Matthew, we used to all work together as bankers. I was, I was a little minion that did all the work, and they told me what to do all day. And so, because you said so. And there were times that we would talk about customers and potential customers. We were lenders. And, you know, there would be things that, you know, no, I, I trust him. He's a man of his word. I trust these people because they're going to do what they say they're going to do. And I know that each of you when, you, when you go through life, there are people that you take at their word. They tell you something and you say, that's what it is, let me go with it, right? I mean, we, we do this trust thing all the time. But for some reason, and I can't explain why, whenever, and I'm talking about me, I'm not talking about any of you, I'm talking about me. Uh, it's sometimes whenever I know that God says that something ought to be a particular way, and it's supposed to be like this, I still have a hill to climb on actually trusting that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And I said that on Facebook. I'm, I'm going to get a call later from my pastor. We're ripping away your ordination. No, I'm playing. 100%, y'all. It happens. It happens. So, Lord, why? What is it that takes great faith? Why is it that this guy, this centurion, why is it that his faith was considered to be great? He trusted what God said. He trusted what he said. Let's go back. Michael, if you would, take us back to Luke chapter 7, please. Everybody with me? Anybody getting hurt? Yeah? Okay, I'm sorry. And let's go to verse 8. Oh, dude, you knew where I was going. Look at that. So I'm still on the why. I'm not off of that yet. Then we're going to go into the how, but let's, let's do the why first. Let's finish up the why. First of all, trust. And I'm not talking about lip service trust. I'm not talking about feeling good in church because the music sounds great today, trust. I'm not talking about the lights are off and everybody's up here snotting away and doing their thing on the altar. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about trust in the thick of the problem. In the thick of the mess. Whenever it looks like all of hell is coming against you and you got to stand to stand there for. Where you're given the option to where you're going to shrug back and allow the enemy to take more space, or you're going to push forward with the kingdom of God and what heaven says. Real life. Real faith. Where it really happens. It's easy in here. Y'all can amen me all day long. It's real easy right now. But I tell you what, come Tuesday morning, because we're all going to be off tomorrow. Come Tuesday morning. Whenever I got to you know, call Mr. Matthew and make sure it's okay that we open our bank, Come Tuesday morning, when that problem that's waiting on you to get to Tuesday, and I'm not a doom and gloom guy, but it's there. If you think that there ain't no problems in Christianity, you are wrong, 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 wrong. If our Lord had to put up with some mess, you fit in two, too. When you hit that spot, and there ain't no music, and there ain't no microphones, and, the, and it's not nice and cool, 
which I thank God is cool today. And there's not no cushy little seat, and you can't just get up and go get you some coffee when you feel when you're in the thick of the mess. That trust. God said. God said. Y'all with me? All right. Everybody good? So let's look at this. Verse 8. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes. And I say to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. Now, I established earlier that this guy did not know Jesus, didn't have any relationship with him, and everybody that had been hanging out with Jesus, he had told them they had little faith or none at all. He gets to this guy, he sees great faith, right? We want to get to great faith. Who would like to get to great faith? Let's get to great faith. I want to get there. Why, Lord? Why is it that way? And he brings me back to this verse. And I want you to take a look at the centurion. He was raised in his life to be a soldier. That's the way he was raised. From childhood up, he was raised to be a soldier, to be a fighter. This man has killed people. This man has has fought battles. He's probably been cut a few times and hurt a few times. And he goes straight to, when he's explaining to Jesus why he just wants him to say the word only, when he's explaining to us why he's just wanting him to say the word only, he says, because I am also a man set under authority. I am also a man set under authority. And I say to one, go, and he goes. I say to another, come, and comes. And then I tell my servant to do something, and he does it. Because this man, what he's bringing out is that he understood and understands that for this to work, he has to to acknowledge and trust and walk in that the authority that Jesus has is the same that he has in his world. In his world, he grew up as a soldier doing what he was told every day of his life. Anybody ever been in the military? I'm not a military guy. You want to know why? Because I don't want nobody telling me what to do. But military personnel, they tell you how to do everything. They tell you how to shave. They tell you how to do your fingernails. They tell you how to put your bed. They tell you how to do everything. All you do all day long, is, especially a boot camp from what I understand, is you learn discipline. Discipline. On this is what you do, and this is the way you do it. This is what you do, and this is the way you do it. This centurion grew up in an atmosphere where he was told what to do all the time and understood that whenever a voice of authority tells you to do something, you do it and walk in it. I hope this is dinging with y'all like it does with me. I mean, today... 2022, don't none of us want anybody telling us what to do. Don't you tell me I'm a man, I'm a woman. And I'm not trying to get political or crass. I just really want us to think about the society in which we live. We don't want anybody telling us what to do. Don't you tell me what to do. And in that mentality, we lose a piece of our discipline as a people. We lose our discipline as a people. 
And in losing the discipline as a people, it affects your faith if you don't have discipline in your life. There's no consistency in your life. There's no discipline. So therefore, whenever someone tells you to do something, you ain't got to, you know, don't you tell me what to do. Does this make sense? I mean, Paul's been talking about sissy Christianity. Why are they sissy Christianity? They don't have any discipline. The men and the women that I know that are not sissies have discipline in their lives. They are up every day at the same time. They go to bed every day pretty much the same time. They have a routine routine every day doing the same things every day. Why? Because they have discipline. Where, when you go to any business school and try to learn how to be successful, what do they tell you? Discipline. 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 Why? Because now you could prove that you're willing to take an order from someone and an order from a place, and now you understand that that order has to be carried out no matter what. And this guy got that. The centurion lived a life of discipline. He's a soldier that rules over other soldiers and tells people to come and go and do things. He understands authority and the discipline that's supposed to be attached to that authority. Therefore, when God speaks, he can trust it. Because he knows that God's going to do what he says he's going to do because the man understands discipline and authority. People laugh at me all the time. Angel even laughs. Angel laughs at me a lot. Anytime anybody comes to me with a problem, no matter what the problem is, I ask two questions. Three if it's money. If they come to me with a money problem, I ask you, do you tithe? Are you reading your word? And are you praying in the Holy Ghost? If it's not a money problem, I drop the tithe. Are you reading your word? And are you praying in the Holy Ghost? Because in the Christian life, that's your blocking and tackling right there. If you don't learn how to block and tackle, you cannot win the football game. It is not going to happen. Why? It breeds a life of discipline. It's something that I learned from my pastor. It was, it's a life of discipline. I'm up early every day. I was up at 444 this morning. I, I looked at the clock at 444. Early. I'm up early. Is that braggadocious? No. I've just, you know, I've gotten to the point now I've pretty much trained myself. I mean, I, you know, alarm set for five and I'm, at, you know, I'm up at a quarter till. Most of the time. And what am I doing in that time? I'm not just making, it's not, it's not like I sit down with my Bible and just sit there and read, 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 read. But I do ask God what it is that he needs to show me for today. And it may be one scripture, it may be a passage, it may be that he tells me to read the whole book of Acts in the next three days. Okay, dude, I'm going to do it. Because I'm set under his authority. And now that I'm set under his authority, I understand that as he says his word in my life and as his word becomes active in my life, it's going to happen just by the word only. I could start to become like Mary was where Mary says, be it unto me according to your word. Let it happen to me like you say it's supposed to happen. Let it be like it's supposed to be. And again, I'm not bragging. I try so hard not to sound like I'm, I'm not trying to brag here. I'm just exposing to you the lifestyle 
And that I mean that every Christian ought to wake up at the crack of dawn. I mean, like like Joel said, most of the time it's just because I got to go to the bathroom. But you know, you're up early, getting your day going. Why not take a minute or two to ask God what He wants you to do? I mean, just just simply, Lord, what do you want me to do today? And 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 now. You have him exerting and exercising his authority over you. And now it makes you easier. It makes it easier for you to walk in the authority that you've been given, that's been granted by him. And whenever the enemy comes to your house, it's a little bit easier to say, get out in Jesus' name. Why? Because I'm living a lifestyle that's around this stuff. I understand. I'm a soldier. I'm in the Lord's army. Yeah. I don't know. I think that I think that that we spend an awful lot of time attempting to stay away from any kind of boundary in our life so that we can we can be fluid and navigate in a proper, you know, in more of a proper fashion. And we don't want to touch religion. And I don't either. I hate religion. But I do know that if I want to walk in great faith and have Jesus take a look at the faith that I have, I do know that if I want to walk in that, it's going to take discipline in my life. And it's going to take trust. And I'm going to have to be willing to get out there in the middle of, middle of it and be okay with it. I've got three minutes, two and a half, before we're supposed to stop. And there's a third thing I'm going to bring up. Mary said, and this is the, the last part of the why that God showed me. First thing is trust. Secondly is discipline. The third thing, Mary said something simple. Or no, not Mary. Gabriel said something simple. After Mary said, hey, How's this going to happen? Because we all want to know how it's going to happen. All right, Lord, I'm trusting you. I'm, I'm, I'm disciplined. I'm walking in my authority. I'm doing what you're telling me to do. I'm telling my situation to do what the Word says to do. I'm doing all the stuff I'm supposed to do. But how is this going to happen? I can't see how this is going to take place. And Gabriel answered and said, it's easy. It's easy. The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and overtake you. And that which is holy is going to rest on the inside of you. Zechariah verse 4, or chapter 4, verse 6, I think. Now I'm doing this off the cuff. Just, just right then. You see, did y'all see that? Did you see how that worked? It was so cool. I hope I'm right. Good God, please be right. <laughs> Make it fit, Michael. And like put seven in there, looks like. Well, no, that works. That gets it. Look at that. Wow. It, it, do the last little bit that's got, y'all just look at that after that guy's name that I have a hard time saying and I'm not going to say today because y'all have laughed at me enough. Yeah, everybody's trying to help me say it, and I'm just not going to do it. Not by might, 
I don't care how strong you are, not by power. I don't care how much, how much you could do in the natural with your voice. But by my spirit, says the Lord. That's how it's going to happen. Is us trusting God enough and being disciplined enough to allow the Holy Ghost to work in our lives. To allow Him to begin to move the fish to where we're going to have to go fishing. To allow Him to move the situation to where whenever we round that corner, everything's okay. We're two seconds behind the wreck. Why were we two seconds behind the wreck? Because the Lord told me to slow down two and a half miles ago. And I was willing to, and now the Spirit of God has been able to move out in front. He's, he's moving in my life, moving out in front of me. Y'all remember uh, Jehoshaphat? He had people coming against him. This is 2 Chronicles chapter 20. They're coming at him. Ites are going to fight tonight. He had the Hittites, the Amorites, and some other ite that were coming at him. They were going to attack them. The God said to him, The battle is not yours, but mine. Y'all all know that scripture. The battle is not yours, but the Lord. Y'all know that scripture, right? You got to stomp when you do that one. Anyway, that's right, baby. Get up there and play something. Uh, take Joseph with you. Uh, all of this stuff was coming at him. And what he did was they sent the singers out in front of him, and the singers went out there and said, Lord, you are good, for your mercy endures forever. Is what it, that was the song they were singing. According to the Bible, that's the song they were singing. And they got out there singing that song, and all of those armies beat up on each other. So whenever the children of Israel show up, they didn't even have to fight. If we allow the Spirit of God to move in our lives, if we allow God to do all the things that He says He's going to do, if we just get out of the freaking way and let God move, the battle will take care of itself. All we have to do is trust, be disciplined in the things that He's asked us to do, and let the Holy Ghost move. Let Him move. He wants to so bad. You can, you can sense in the Spirit that there's this anticipation Anytime you get in a spot where you actually start to just begin to just kind of touch on the Spirit of God and sense the things of God and what's going on, you feel this anticipation. It's like every angel in, in heaven is waiting on go to see what you what we gonna what we finna do. We're gonna do what he said. We're gonna do what he said. God spoke it. You ready? You you ready? You ready? You ready? Every angel in heaven is lined up, ready to roll. How do you know that, Greg? Because Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth, be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, be loose in heaven. They're ready to go. They're ready to go. They are waiting on you to allow them to move. And the hitch in the get-along, the hitch in the get-along is that either we don't trust, we're not disciplined, or we're just not letting the Holy Ghost move in our lives. We're too busy trying to do it on our own. We're too busy trying to make something happen instead of letting it happen. Wouldn't you much rather let something happen than making it happen? It's so much easier just to let stuff take place. I'm teaching Zoe how to drive right now. That girl is good. She's better than he ever thought about being. Fact. 
And I, you know, Angel, Angel doesn't like to teach the kids how to drive because she like gets all, eh, you know. And I don't blame her. That's fine. We all get there. But Zoe, I'm teaching her how to drive yesterday. We went to Bozier, Airline Drive. It's crazy over in Airline Drive, right? It's nuts. I'm going to eat Kabuki. Whoo, golly, y'all go to Kabuki. See Mr. Sam. Anyway, we was rolling at Airline Drive. She was coming up on a light. I was like, baby, you better slow down. Said, okay, Daddy. All right, they, they stopping. Okay, okay. And what I did was I just let it happen. And all that happened was we came to a rolling, smooth little stop in the back end of that car, even though it might have been bad if we didn't do it, if we'd have done it like a second or so behind when we did do it. You know what I mean? It was just a little, it was a little crying, it was a little weird. Because why? Because I'm letting her drive. I'm letting her do her thing. And I trust that she's going to do the right thing. And I'm disciplined enough to know when I'm supposed to talk and when I'm not supposed to talk. And I let her drive. Do you trust God? Yes or no? Do you trust Him? Do you live a disciplined life to where you know when you're supposed to speak in a situation, when you're not supposed to speak? When you know when you wake up in the morning and you ain't feeling it that you're supposed to grab your Bible and get something out of there to put life in you so that you can be life to other people. If we're doing those things, then let him drive. Let him drive. Let the Holy Ghost move. Now I know about, I say I know, I guess, that about, I'd say 75, 78% of you are not filled with the Spirit. And if you are, you don't practice it on a regular basis. That's just a number that I'm throwing out there. You with me on that? Am I being too critical? Sometimes I'm a little too critical. That's why I don't get to preach much because I kind of come in critical. Critical. Oh, that poor that boy, I tell you. Play it. But am I being too critical at that? I mean, I could always say I don't do it enough, right? But it's really difficult to let things go whenever you don't have a relationship with the person you're supposed to let it go to. I trust Zoe, and I know she's going to do the right thing, so it's real easy for me to just let her drive and let her do it. So we're all going to stand. Oh, here it goes. If you got to go, you can go. Bye. Love you. Joel said we didn't have enough altar time. So because of that, we're going to sit here for another three hours because Joel Gray said it. Uh, No, I'm playing. He's absolutely correct. He is 100% right. No truer words have ever been spoken in this organization. We don't have enough altar time. So we're going to be given a time for some altar care, concern, and love. And I would recommend if you're not filled with the Spirit, today is your day. We can get you filled with the Holy Ghost, and it's real easy to let Him drive.